Ram. I've never prayed to you before. I have no tongue for it. No one, not even you, will remember if we were good men or bad. Why we fought or why we died. No. All that matters is that two stood against many. That's what's important. Bala pleases you, Kram. So grant me one request. Grant me revenge. And if you do not listen, then the hell with you. Hello and welcome to Rose Tinted Review, the show where every week we pick something that we're feeling nostalgic for. We then revisit and review it to find out if our hindsight is truly 2020 or if we've just been wearing rose tinted glasses. I'm your host, Michael Jebez, and I'm joined as always by my good friend and co-host, Connor O'Kane. Connor, what is best in life? (laughs) (laughs) Michael, I'll tell you what's best in life, to crush your friend's favourite movies, to see them driven before you and to hear the lamentations of the fanboys. (laughs) This week's episode, we are hitting up the 1982 fantasy epic Conan the Barbarian. Based on the character created by Robert E. Howard, an uncredited story by Edward Summer, uh, written by Oliver Stone and John Milius, and and also directed by John Milius. The film, of course, stars Arnold Schwarzenegger as the titular Conan the Barbarian, alongside Sandal Bergman, Jerry Lopez, Max von Sydow, and... James Earl Jones. Yeah, that was a surprise. (laughs) A young boy, Conan, becomes a slave after his parents are killed and tribe destroyed by the savage warlord and sorcerer, Thulsa Doom. When he grows up and becomes a fearless, invincible fighter, set free, he plots revenge against Thulsa Doom. Who boy? I am so keen to get into this one. (laughs) Because <laughs> I feel like my, like, I love this movie. I feel like I was trying to make excuses last week when I, like, uh, picked it and was describing it. I was like, uh, it's, like, full of, like, jank like, and uh, this yeah, and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But after re-watching it, I'm, I'm like, no, no, I didn't need to give those caveats. I fucking love no. this movie. sick. I love it. This is yeah, so cool. I- I'm coming into this completely blind. Uh, so when you said that it was, you know, janky and Arnie could barely speak English in it and, like, I don't know, you set me up for, for far, far worse jank than <laughs> than is on offer. I, I'd say this is, like, fairly unjanky for the most part. Like, yeah, or not, yeah. certainly not in any ways that it isn't aware that it is. Mm, mm. You know? I was, I was going to, I was already, like, thinking about what my, like, preface was going to be uh, before I rewatched it where I was going to be like, you know, it's weird because fantasy movies, there's not a lot of good ones. I love my fantasy. I love my sci-fi. There is dozens of amazing science fiction movies. But when you come to like medieval sword and sorcery, fucking swords and shit, they're, they're not, there's not that many good ones. Mm. Uh, and so I was- I wouldn't go- know because it's not really my genre. Yeah, sure, sure. I would like, you can count them on your fingers though, I think that like- my my preface that I was planning on doing was going to be like, look, the Lord of the Rings trilogy are like fucking amazing, perfect. They mm. are the 
standard for like a fantasy movie now. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is what we had before we had like a Lord of the Rings and it doesn't compare to Lord of the Rings as well, but it was what they had before that. That was what I was going to say before I rewatched it and I was like, no, this is fucking legitimately awesome. I love it. I think that the the sort of the the historical action epic of, you know, your brave hearts and your gladiators and stuff like that. I feel like there's more of those period piece action sword fighty movies than yeah, you do than fantasy straight movies. up fantasy. Mm. Yeah. Or or you have something like a princess bride which is sort of fantasy but it's also coming from like that fairy tale storybook kind of thing with a comedy family flair to it. Mm. Where this is trying to be big and epic uh based on uh, I believe Conan started his books, but then was uh, popular at the time uh, largely because it was a Marvel comic series. Right. Yeah, I thought it was a comic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there was a lot of really, really cool artwork uh, like uh, on the, the Conan thing and stuff. Mm, mm. Yeah, and I was also kind of, I guess I was kind of overplaying the whole like, oh, Arnie can barely speak thing because I remember that he doesn't talk a lot in the movie. Yeah, sure. And this is- Really, like, his first notable role. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not the very yeah, first thing he's in. No. But, like, um, I guess it's not listed in his filmography as an actor because it was a documentary, but Pumping Iron yep. was, like, a documentary about bodybuilding that made, like, that he was very, very prominent in. I think uh, the premise wasn't. It was just, like, the premise of that movie was just we're shooting this thing about bodybuilding and then Arnold Schwarzenegger's there and he's this huge larger-than-life persona and so they ended up, like, focusing most of the documentary around him because he was just so interesting. Yeah, uh, right. And so that's what sort of made him really popular and that's what the producers uh, saw him in and went, we need to find a fucking movie for this guy to be in because he'd be great. And then they were like... <laughs> Have you seen, hey, here's some artworks of Conan by, you know, this uh, like artist or whatever yeah. with these paintings and, and drawings and stuff and them going like, yep, that's perfect. Let, let's do it. So he was in some TV movies, a couple of like episodes of a TV show and stuff, uh, uh, like uncredited. So I'm guessing like he's just like an extra or like, you know, in a single scene with a single line or something. So it's mm-hmm. technically he's like seventh or eighth appearance, but really it's his first, like, leading role, huge breakout success that was Mm. like, holy shit. And he can speak English just fine. He doesn't speak a lot, but that's true to the Conan character. Yeah, yeah. So I've not, besides being aware of it sort of after seeing the film when I was a kid, I've, like, read a little, like, a tiny bit. I started reading one of the, like, the stories I think my mum like borrowed a Conan book from the library because she was like wanting to like encourage me to read more when I was mm-hmm. a kid because I was dyslexic. So that sucked. But she was like, oh, maybe if you read something that you actually enjoy, you'll want to read. And yeah, sure. I read a little bit of, of one of the stories and from like the character's portrayal point of view, it seems very accurate, this movie yeah. to, to the, the source material. Not sure about the whole greater, grander span of stories and other characters that appear. I don't know whether yeah. Thulsa Doom or Subutai or anything is a like a, a character originally from those stories or whether they're recurring characters or anything like that. Mm. But 
yeah, I originally saw this movie when I was a teenager because I fucking love Arnie stuff. <laughs> of course. Of course. We've been over it with like Terminator and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. See, I think I, I rented this one from the, the video store. Yeah. One of those, we've talked about it many a time on this uh, podcast, that amazing, cheap local video busters where it's like, hey, you want like a dozen weeklies for like $7. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, the rest is history. I watched it, loved it, mm-hmm. was very, very entertained, thought it was cool. Brought together my love of, like, fantasy and swords with Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. <laughs> yeah, what's not to love? Yeah, what's not to love? And then I picked up uh, the DVD myself. I think it might even be, like, a two-disc special edition. And it had a lot of, like, makings of and stuff, which was fun. They, yeah, cool. Like, it was one of those ones where they didn't make a lot of... Uh, that stuff at the time so a lot of the making of is sort of from retrospect a lot Mm. of them are you know it's like in the 2000s they they got the cast back and shot a bunch of uh interviews with them and stuff yeah yeah that's cool i like that that was fun and interesting yeah and maybe i'll pepper some fun facts in maybe i won't we'll see well listen on (laughs) i was gonna say how about yourself obviously we've you've already said you're coming to this with no prior complete no no prior impressions or ideas of the film certainly no previous experience having actually watched the fucking thing um i think i i only know of it and knew that arnold schwarzenegger was in it because uh as mentioned on the i think i mentioned this on the terminator episode when we we're talking about arnie there's a uh, uh a band called oh, austrian death say, machine you certainly did yes yes and they have a song uh Called, I think it's called Conan What is Best in Life and it's <laughs> about nice. Conan the Barbarian. Um, so that's the only reason I had any kind of, you know, uh, knowledge of the film. Yeah, completely, like, wasn't even on my radar as a kid. And if it had been on my radar as a kid, I probably wouldn't have been interested in it. Mm-hmm. Just because, again, the, the epic sword and sorcery kind of shit just isn't really my bag. Yeah. So, yeah, settled into this. Man, the first, like... 20 minutes, Arnie's communicating. 25 minutes even, he's communicating. Right up until he, he says the what is best in life thing, he's communicating in entirely monosyllabic yeah. fucking, like, caveman oh. runs <laughs> and making the funny noises. Uh, like, yeah, uh, it's just so, it's it's such a, straight away I was like, holy shit, this is like quintessential sword fantasy film bullshit. And I, I say that with love. Yeah. But it is uh, with Arnie playing what, like, I can only assume people just thought this is all he's capable of, mm. you know, like mm. this this is the perfect role for this man. Like he looks the part like utterly. He he mm. looks like a fucking uh, who's that who's that guy who does the those paintings? You have to narrow it down a little bit more than guy that does paintings. He looks like a fucking living Boris Vallejo painting. Like. <laughs> I, yeah. I can see why they just went like, put this guy in in a fucking loincloth now. Uh, yeah, I think it's you're right there. It's a similar kind of, well, even more so actually maybe than Terminator. Like people say Terminator is, pe- people rag on Arnie's acting abilities and uh, whether he's like, you know, wooden and stuff. And so people go like, oh, Terminator, that's the perfect thing. Be all wooden mm. and have no emotion. Uh I think this is maybe more a natural fit just to a T, just like 
oh, this big brooding hunk of muscle meat that just swings a sword and barely speaks. Perfect, perfect. Mm. Um, I think Terminator probably takes a little bit more actual acting performance sort of thing. Yeah, he's, yeah, absolutely. You know, he's he's having that that thought process of what a machine would act like and things. Yeah. And this is just like, they're just like, you know, just just jump in, fucking swing the sword. Your 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 genetics will like you know fill in that genetic memory of what you should be doing. <laughs> um, Terminator feels like it's the first instance of him kind of going like, all right, like I know what's expected of me. I'm going to go the extra mile to try and surprise people with mm. the fact that I can actually you know act. Yeah. Whereas here it, it seems like he's just doing exactly what is expected of him, exactly as as directed. Like, you know, you can tell when, when, whenever he has to like laugh in this movie in response to something, you can, you can tell the director said like, okay, and then you laugh and he (laughs) just did it, (laughs) you know? Uh, I love, like, it, it it feels so good though. Like there's a lot of, whatever silliness is in the movie that I laugh at, it feels totally in character of Conan being this like complete, like lug of like kind of like that 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 typical warrior stereotype in you know whatever it is like D and D role playing where they're mm. like uh sorcerer whatever I'll just swing my big sword like that's just his approach to everything yeah and, yeah. It, and it works or obviously the movie opens with sick opening credits of the forging of his like father's sword mm. and then the father telling him the story of Crom fire and wind come from the sky from the gods of the sky. But Krum is your god. Krum, and he lives in the earth. Once giants lived in the earth, Conan. And in the darkness of chaos, they fooled Krum. And they took from him the enigma of steel. Krum was angered, and the earth shook. And fire and wind struck down these giants, and they threw their bodies into the waters. But in their rage, the gods forgot the secret of steel and left it on the battlefield. And we who found it are just men, not gods, not giants, just men. And the secret of steel has always carried with it a mystery. You must learn its riddle, Conan. You must learn its discipline. For no one, no one in this world can you trust. Not men, not women, not beasts. This you can trust. And then we get the sick opening, like, destruction of the village, which is really cool and and quite, like, like beautifully sad in the way that, like, young Conan is portrayed and... That shot of uh, he him holding his mother's hand ah, as yeah, that's Thulsa Doom like cuts her he- head off. Yeah, yeah. and you just see the head drop. Yeah, yeah. That's something I wasn't prepared for. Is how genuinely gory this movie is. Mm, mm. Uh, like really did not let up on the the blood and the yeah yeah the viscera. So then he's taken as this like child slave, and they get the, on this this wheel that's like 
what's this even for in the desert? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. makes me think of the the rotating cupcakes in The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. And then the hilariousness of well, it's it's kind of cool and it's kind of epic. You see the kid and he's he's walking around the wheel pushing some. It's like a mill or something. It's grinding something. Uh, and he's, you know, getting older and he's getting bigger and then he's got the, like, the head down, the long hair and he lifts his head up and it's Arnie and you're like, yeah! And then it's like, like, yeah, Crow Magnon Brow! (laughs) That's how, you know, bodybuilding works. You just, you just push a wheel. If you push a wheel long enough, Yeah, for like 15 years, you'll just look (laughs) like Arnie. (laughs) It works every single (laughs) muscle, muscle group. So good. I love that. Yeah, no, very, very gory. Uh, I think that saves some of the uh, the effects. Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. Because some of the like, there's a couple of like the the, the that kind of like shitty uh, way before CG. So they're just like animating, like they're drawing and animating over the top of the movie mm. and kind of imposing it. Like when the witch sorceress lady mm, mm. Uh, that fucks him, like gets you know but thrown in the fire and then she like <laughs> flies away and it's just this like wisp of like animated color I, I don't mind that stuff that stuff looks like I feel like that stuff generally looks pretty okay like I give that stuff a pass yeah I think it's like you know I just meant like the impact of the swords and mm, stuff mm. would probably look a lot a lot more cheesy and a lot uh, less convincing were the people who've just been hit by a sword not like gushing <laughs> blood, yes you know yeah no for sure like I think I, I don't mind the animated stuff either. I think it looks pretty good by today's standard. Like, you know, people might find it comical, like a new, like if someone that's sure, not used to sure. watching movies from the early 80s yeah. slash late 70s would find that comical. But I yeah, like, yeah, sure. I don't, I find it charming. But yeah, like really fucking gory stuff and like puppets and all, all sorts of things. The, the, the giant snake mm. uh, that they fight it's so like obviously just like a big puppet and you're just like, oh yeah, that's a puppet. They nail the head to the wall with a couple of arrows and then mm. Conan like, you know, Subutai throws Conan the sword and he fucking lops the head off. And the second he starts lopping that head off, actually, sorry, like earlier when he starts like stabbing it, it stops yeah. looking just like, oh, this is a man wrestling like a dumb snake puppet when it yeah, just starts yeah. like gushing blood out of its mouth. And then when he finally like cleaves the head off, the like the gory like uh like stump that yeah. you can see like of the neck it's like oh that that looks like what like a dead like snake would look like that's yeah, really fucked sure. up it, it kind of sells it better and makes it a little bit more like believable as like yeah this is a big fucking it looks like it's full of rotten meat or something it's not just this puppet it's not yeah. like a foam muppet inside you're no, like oh no. there's like organs and shit in there that's gross. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's almost um in ways it's almost treated like an exploitation movie. Yeah, I, I was getting little like uh with the kind of cornball nature of it and and like the gratuitous violence and sex. Yeah, sex and uh, violence. I was like getting slight Barbarella vibes. Yeah, like, yeah. If if it wasn't so um if it if it wasn't so well shot and like the sets weren't as good as they are and I don't know if it wasn't as convincing. Mm, yeah. I It would have fallen into like, yeah, Barbarella territory. For totally. Me. But also I think that this movie is like, it's treating itself seriously, even though there's some cornball and some goofy stuff. Yeah. For the most part, it's keep, like it's treating itself seriously where 
uh, Barbarella is absolutely taking the piss. Yeah. But yeah, I said like last week when I picked it as well, like 70s jank. It's actually an 82 film. And I was kind of remembering that we've talked about it before, like movies from the 70s where like sometimes they're just a bit boring and they're just a bit flat. They don't, they don't seem to have like a lot of uh, like stuff going on in terms of like sound design or the the, the, the cinematography. You're yeah, just kind of like, yeah. oh, this is like what they had before they, you know, Star Wars revolutionized shit and mm. like, you know, sort of changed that way that Hollywood does visual effects and post-production and everything, mm. which it can't, I can kind of still feel like it's sort of there. Again, like you said, like, you know, you can almost feel that almost Barbarella-ishness to it in some way. But scene to scene, it's pretty entertaining, though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, that opening sequence is cool. And then after he gets, like, well, he doesn't get freed-freed. He was a slave on that wheel. And then another man comes and buys him and turns him into, like, a gladiator Mm. uh, slave. And then then, you know, we get to start seeing him. With like that cool montage in the pit, like you know, stabbing dudes with the like the like the gauntlet with like the the spike on the end, where he's like punching dudes, and it's just yeah. like yeah, blood galore. You're in the sick montage, and he's doing his like uh, crossing his arms and doing his <laughs> kind of salute at the end and stuff. That's all fun. Yeah, like sort of, it's it's got that big epic scale of a uh, you know starting out as a child and becoming an adult and seeking revenge and finding love and all of those things where it's sort of like a big epic tale that's told in, there's like little little adventures that he's going on and doing. Mm. It, it really has that vibe of your classic, like any like video game RPG or like a Dungeons and Dragons-y kind of thing where it's just like, oh, he's this character and they're like, you know, oh, we've entered, me and my other thief friend, we've entered this city and we're searching for something and we, you know, we talk to some shopkeep, and the shopkeep says, "Oh, the the serpent cult over there." And they go, "Oh, let's <laughs> check that out." And then, you know, it, it's kind of that that thing where you kind of feel like there's a there's probably going to be like a revenge story for from the James L. Jones character that we saw in the prologue, but who yeah, knows? Because yeah. they they go all over the place, or or like when he just gets freed from after he's been trained as this crazy warrior, gladiator, fighter, slave. He finds his, the, the sword in this, like, ancient, like, tomb-y place, mm. whatever, in, in between these rocks, kills the wolves that are chasing him, and then he's just, like, walking about, and he's like, oh, there's this hut and this woman that's, like, come and warm by my fire, and then she's going to sleep with him, and then she's going to be a sorcerer, and, and it's just this little thing that, like, never comes back. And we No, like, no. And so, it's yeah, it sort of feels like those, there's these, like, little episodic adventure mishaps yeah 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 it feels almost like uh it's a little bit of that fairy tale kind of logic but not with any of the like allegorical kind of stuff or the you know thematic kind of relevance it's just (laughs) like it's almost a um it almost has a bit of that like um i don't know road trip like yes yeah 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 yeah. Thing. We were like just- the first like from about the 25 or so minute mark to you know the the 50 minute mark 55 minute mark where it, where he goes like okay like there's this snake cult false doom go and fucking you know go get him tiger they're more or less just like going town to town and fucking with people. Yeah. Fucking yeah. fucking people, <laughs> you know. Uh and hey, God bless. Yeah, exactly. But it's all pretty entertaining as it happens. It's not, it's not too boring. No, I I will say um, it's a two hour movie, and I'm not sure it needs to be two hours. Like there, there's there's moments where uh, the pacing is kind of sluggish, 
by today's standards. By like, today's standards, for sure. I think there's, as- there's scenes that, that go on in a way that 80s films just do. Totally. Totally. Know? I can see that from someone coming to it as like a new thing. I think as yeah. my nostalgia and uh, like, you know, I've watched the movie like a dozen times. I really enjoy like most of the movie. I, I don't think, I can't think of too many things that I'm like, yeah, get rid of that. I mm. No, it's, it's, it's not even a, like a, I'd fuck that scene off. Like necessarily it's, uh, it's more just like the pace of the editing is like slow. I, I, I kind of like, I guess I'm, I'm kind of like a mark for that. Cause I like that, like that passage of time. It's like, you know, they, they, it's a two hour movie. There's lots of those little episodic road trip adventures that we're describing when when it's like lots of short scenes makes a movie feel very sure. long. Yeah, sure. I mean, I and and I, it's not like I could say you know it's two hours and nothing happens in this two hours. So much happens in this two hours. Mm. I think one of the reasons why I like the length and the 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 pace and the vibe and everything so much is the music, mm. which we can call front facing. I think. I it's, would say it's, so. It's very epic and loud and, you know, uh, plays a big role. There is also like a lot of it. It's not just your one kind of epic uh, theme retold a thousand times. There's mm-hmm. there's lots and lots and lots of different um, really nice, iconic, great, great music. Um, and what I found really interesting about uh, the way that they designed the movie around the music was that they knew they were going to have Conan as this character who didn't talk a lot. So they mm-hmm. wanted to give the like epic fantasy feel of it an operatic feel. Right. Okay. So basically every single scene has music in it. Like th- the music never stops. Basically it always just yeah. moves into another piece of music and another piece of music. Uh, so, you know, we've, we've talked about with the genetic opera, like operas are supposed to be this like spoken songing singing thing that like yeah. is is how that works. So it's not not in that way, but I guess in the way that in an opera they're always singing something. They're like in this operatic idea, there's always music playing. There's always like this like this score to set the scene and you know make us feel whatever it is. Yeah, uh, because Conan's not going to be talking that much. But I think it's uh, got a lot of really beautiful like shots and scenery and stuff like mm-hmm. that paired with the music and t- timed with the music well and edited and stuff. I-, I really, really enjoy that. It doesn't have quite a uh, meditativeness to some of that music that I've said I like in some movies. Yeah, no, it's not your uh, Last of Mohicans or uh, no. it's not Field of Dreams. Yeah, yeah. But but the music definitely heightens, uh, yeah, and like elevates the the material. I think, yeah, definitely. And it's it's uh, like it complements um, scenes. Uh, I mean, I know I've just talked about the pace being uh, a little sluggish at times, at least for my liking. But there are some scenes where I feel like that pace complements it really well. Like the uh, the bit where he's just been uh, resurrected, um, or you know revived mm. and he's like on the on the beach kind of area with the, like practicing with his sword yeah and yeah. stuff that shit's really nice mm. i'll tell you who else likes the music nintendo because not once but like twice did a zelda trailer premiere with conan the barbarian music no shit like actual yeah. the actual music from, from oh my god yes, the actual score from conan the barbarian was like the initial trailer for 
Twilight Princess, and I, there was another one that I can't remember. And then, wow. like, later there would be a trailer that actually had Zelda music in it, which, you know, has its wow. own iconic music. Mm. But it's like, yeah, no, they, they love that. And I guess it works with Link being this silent protagonist. Yeah. Uh, Twilight Princess definitely had that, like, darker epic fantasy vibe. So they're like, yeah, mm. this is what we want. We want the Conan the Barbarian that, that opening piece of music when Thoughts of Doom and he's fucking big two dudes that are like, look like wrestlers or something. Yeah. With, with like the horseshoe mustache and stuff. <laughs> the guy with the big hammer and the, the guy with the big axe when they're like riding along in their like war party and stuff. Very cool, but also mm-hmm. kind of very goofy. But yeah, it's, it's, it's weird that there's, I'm able to, Still really laugh at it and enjoy the goofiness, but then when they do kind of have this more seriousness, I think they they pull some of it off really. There's there's some quite like sort of beautiful little moments and 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 pieces of dialogue and stuff. Mm-hmm. Valeria, who is unnamed in the film, they didn't they never like meant say her name in the whole movie. Ah, um, uh-huh, true. <laughs> but when uh, Conan and Subutai. Uh, meet up with her because they're all planning on like rubbing the snake cult at the same time and they yeah, like both yeah. mistake each other for guards and they're about to fight after they escape and they've got all of this money and stuff uh like it, it is gr- like there's a lot of gratuitous sex in this movie but then when they like sleep together after the you know the high of the and the adrenaline of escaping and having all this money and being rich and all this stuff and partying it up it's actually really like it's quite tender. Yeah, it's yeah, tender. And there does feel like there's a real chemistry mm-hmm. there. It's not just, you know, Arnie just being fucking Arnie and being a brick wall or something. And, yeah, yeah. It's and, not the uh it's not the the scene with the sorceress or the oh, uh, man. the scene earlier where he's literally like making monkey noises with this woman. <laughs> so weird. That's oh man, that was a the the sorceress isn't making much better noises. She's no. making really weird noises. She's, yeah. It seems really uncomfortable and maybe painful. I don't know. <laughs> it's a weird one. And then, but then, yeah. But then this this scene between him and Valeria is really intimate, and mm. I like when you know Conan set on revenge and wanting to take down Thulsa Doom, and Valeria like when she pleads with him. I have never had so much as now. All my life I've been alone. Many times I face my death with no one to know. I would look into the huts and the tents of others in the coldest dark and I would see figures holding each other in the night. But I always pass by. You and I. We have warmth. That's so hard to find in this world. Please, let someone else pass by in the night. And do this, it's like, oh, wow, this is actually, like, really, one, like, really fucking well written. Yeah, surprisingly. And and she's really freaking incredible at, at convincing you of this. Uh, it's almost like a love at first sight, like, admiration for Conan, mm. where they're you know, an excellent fit, but also that she's been through really fucking rough times before yeah, this, yeah. just with this like tiny little 
uh, monologue, you get such a massive insight and hinting yeah. sort of thing into to her story. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Really the line cool. there where she's like, "You and I have warmth." That's uh, so hard to find. In yeah, this it's world so far hard to like find that. in this world. It's like it's sweet. Fuck. Where where did this like you know speaking you know the truth to the human existence and stuff? <laughs> why, why? How is this snuck into this? <laughs> Big bombastic Arnold Schwarzenegger action flick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but then, like later on, we get the bit where he's like, "What's his name? What's his name? Pseudo something or other." Super Tai. Super Tai is like, or the wizard is like, you know, why are you crying? Is like, because Conan doesn't cry. I'll cry for him. It's like <laughs> that's fucking dumb, dude. <laughs> that's so dumb. It's such a corny, stupid. Yeah, thing. yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of. Um, the the ki- King Osric Max von Sydow is mm-hmm. an awesome little uh, cameo in this movie. Like he just gets that one scene, uh, but he was like, they, they didn't think that they could get him in a million years because he was such like a big dramatic actor. And this mm. movie's just like this pulpy fantasy thing. Uh, but he was like, yeah, no, this is fun. Like my kids love Conan, so th- that would be good. And he, and he said something about. Um, Everything he got got cast in was always so like reserved and you know mm. serious. Yeah, and so you could just see he's just like he's just loving it. He's hamming it he's, up. He's like, yeah, yeah, and he really steals that scene. Sort of arrogance, sort of yeah, insolence. Yeah. <laughs> is that and and when he like uh, is it, when he has his spiel where he's like throwing the jewels at him and yeah, he's like, yeah. there comes a time thief. <laughs> uh, yes, the, the jewels lose their luster and all that. When the jewels cease to sparkle, when the gold loses its luster, when the throne room becomes a prison, and all that is left is a father's love for his child. Hammer up in the best way. Uh, and then speaking of other really good performances, James L. Jones as Thulsa Doom. Excellent. Oh, Steals every scene he's in. He's in- incredible. Uh, I would say that he has a meditative quality about when you watch him. It's it's like captivating. Mm. He's so slow and you know he he such uh like hesitation before he even speaks, and you're just like, say something, James L. Jones. What is it? <laughs> they the the director said that they they gave him these like blue contact lenses, so he had like this these pale blue eyes and this like really straight long hair. Um, so even though he had, you know, the black skin, they, they wanted to kind of imply that he was like a descendant of some different kind of lineage Okay, uh, that, you know, it was like some sort of ancient world. They, they throw around the word Atlantean a lot in like the, the behind the scenes, uh, but they don't really mention it in uh, the movie. Okay. Uh, they, they call Conan's sword, the one that he finds in the tomb, the Atlantean sword. For some reason, as well. Okay, but I guess that just implies, you know, like the like the idea of Atlantis, this lost civilization that was lost. Mm-hmm. That Thulsa Doom is like the last of his people, almost. So he has this sort of wisdom and and way about him that's, you know, he knows more than than other people and stuff. Mm. And James L. Jones, I found really interesting. He was saying that like he was he was sort of tooting his own horn. He was saying like he's the perfect casting for a villain uh, because. He said that I think he thinks a lot of people when they get cast as villains they like to have fun with it. Yeah. And he said I th- I don't think you should have fun with playing a villain. He said that like 
when he's not stereotypically thought of as a villain in terms of how he sounds and stuff, he's quite like warm and is like t- typically like a kind person in, in real life. Uh, so then when he gets given roles like Darth Vader or Thulsa Doom, he plays them entirely serious. Mm. Like he sort of researched and sort of tried to incorporate almost like, you know, every awful human, like, you know, ruler in history into yeah. that performance. But then being able to say these words without that kind of, that, that, that like default evil when you look at him kind of thing. Like when he says yeah. it, it sounds like he's got this sort of warmth and he's yeah, speaking yeah. with it's heart about like, this stuff. Yeah, he almost speaks in a way that like he doesn't, view himself as evil and he almost convinces you that maybe he's not. Mm, mm. Steel isn't strong, boy. Flesh is stronger. Look around you. There, on the rocks, that beautiful girl. Come to me, my child. That is strength, boy. That is power. The strength and power of flesh. What is steel compared to the hand that wields it? Look at the strength of your body, the desire in your heart. I gave you this. Such a waste. Destroying Conan's worldview. <laughs> like this entire <laughs> thing that he's like lived for and stuff. Mm. Uh, but you can't like argue with him, or you're like you can kind of see his point of view, and you're like, yeah, yeah, and, or or yeah. or just this the way that he's like, oh well, yeah, I probably killed your uh, like you know people, your tribe, but that was when I was younger and I was stupid yeah. and I was in searching, yeah, yeah. searching for you know steel and and I was looking for strength in these things, mm. and now I've seen the light. Another hilarious thing that I, I laugh so much about how stupid it is. Well, there's a couple of funny moments and sort of like what you might think are inconsistencies or, or, or just like plot holes or something. Like he meets Marco the wizard, mm. asks him to oil his sword and stuff because he's going off. And Marco's like, who's the flowers for? And he's like, a girl. And then he rides off and he like he hasn't he's not going to Valeria to give her flowers. Yeah. Yeah, You're just yeah, like, yeah. why were they for a, what? What girl? Who? When? Where? What? And then he goes to the snake cult. And I'm like, okay. And then they are giving out all of these white robes to these people, these pilgrims that have come, because they're like, mm. join the snake cult. And instead of Arnie just taking one of the white robes, he's like, I'm going to beat up this dude, knock him out, who has like the, the yellow and white priest robes. Yeah. For seemingly, like, it wasn't important. He didn't need to do that. He could have just been given it. Yeah. And it doesn't seem to help him all that much either. <laughs> no, like. no, no. I love it, though, that, like, everybody's constantly, like, pointing out Conan's physique <laughs> to him. And then, yeah, he, he knocks out the the priest that he sort of tries to seduce. Can we talk over there? Where the others do not see? Why, yes, brother. Of course. It's so weird. And then that priest has a snake, like, emblem necklace thing that Conan decides to not take. So, like, all of those other priests that have the yellow in their outfits have that metal snake pendant, and he decides, I'm not going to take that metal snake pendant. 
and like you were saying, th- it doesn't really help him that much. He ta- he's got the jade one that he's taken from the the snake cult that they've that they've th- thieved from, mm. and he walks along and he's like showing everybody it and stuff. Like he's not getting stopped or whatever, but he's just yeah. like, no, look, I've got this. Let me past. And then someone sees it and he's like, that's that fucking thing that got stolen. I'm gonna take this <laughs> and walk away. Like. <laughs> And if he wasn't if he wasn't flashing that everywhere, and he just had the snake, the regular snake pendant that the that the priest had, he wouldn't have gotten caught. Like it's just, it's like he's playing hitman. He's a he's a yeah, but he's he's a buffoon. But it's okay. I'm like I don't <laughs> I don't I don't see it as a problem because I'm like I I believe he's a buffoon. <laughs> yeah, I I I just saw it as like the movie had to contrive a way for him to get captured and, <laughs> and killed and brought yeah, back sure, and sure. Stuff. I think uh, the point where he like he gets resurrected and they go and uh, infiltrate Thulsa Doom's uh, you know temple and stuff. Sex orgy, like, you mean? Sex orgy, and he turns into a snake, and I lulled because <laughs> I was like, it cuts back to his face, and I was like, is his face getting longer? Yeah, because yeah. it happens so slowly that I was like, what? what, the what? Yeah. So what they did was they made a they made a a cast of his face as a rubber mask. And then mm. they had like a snake head that they basically just like shoved into the rubber mask to stretch it out. Mm. Yeah, as part of the uh, the transformation. Well, I I really like that sequence, and I thought that's where the movie was going to end, and then it just <laughs> keeps going for another like half an hour. Mm. And and like it it feels like I heard someone complain about this with um Game of Thrones recently, where I, I've never mm-hmm. watched Game of Thrones, but apparently like you know getting from point A to point B would sure. be yeah. like a, a season long journey yes. at, at some points. And then by the by the last season, they're basically instant teleporting like yeah, between yeah. locations. <laughs> and this feels kind of like that where it's like they spend the first, you know, hour getting to that place. And then for the last half an hour they're jumping back and forth. Boards to it like three times. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure, yeah, yeah. sure. I can see that. But it, it's still like, you know, entertaining. The the fights mm. and stuff are great and all that. I just noticed myself going like Oh fuck! This is still going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love the the infiltrating the orgy with the uh, the their cannibals. It's kind of mm. the secret of the snake cult. The 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 funny soup that they have. The director <laughs> the director called it split pea and hand soup because it looks like split <laughs> pea and ham. Uh, I like that. I love the the like the black and white uh, camouflage that they paint on themselves because it's mm-hmm. you know trying to be like camouflage but for sort of marble or something. Yeah, it's just like it's just kind of dumb. Doesn't really make sense, but it looks really fucking cool. Like it's a really visually striking design of having these kind of like these really straight lined like triangles and shapes painted yeah, on Arnie. Yeah. yeah, it's iconic. We needed. We couldn't just save the princess. Let's leave because Valeria had to pay a price in like resurrecting him and stuff. Yeah, which I I love that the little. It's barely an effect, but I, I think it's really it's cut together well of James L. Jones having the snake yeah. and then like running it through his fingers and then it yeah. being like this straight arrow that he shoots. Yeah, yeah, that is cool. That is um, a cool effect. Her getting pierced like straight th- like all the way through the the chest with it, and then when they pull it out, it like suddenly you know springs back into being a snake again mm. and isn't straight. It's very cool. So then yeah, she dies. Conan doesn't cry. Super Tai cries for him. <laughs> <laughs> and then they like make uh, like a last stand, uh, almost, you know, Predator 1-esque 
let's set up yeah. traps and stuff. Yeah, they 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 Bunch home of spikes. Yeah, home alone them. Which again, I love, and I'm like, great, cool. He's gonna kill Thulsa Doom here, and then nope. he doesn't. <laughs> like, For fuck's sake, he kills the giant uh, pro wrestling men. Uh huh. With their their long long hair and the one that's like crying because he's so upset that his snake giant snake got killed because <laughs> he raised him. It's a little bit weird and awkward and jank, but. Because, like, those two dudes, like, they've got big big axes and big hammers, but then one of them took his father's sword. So then when he comes, when they come back and they're fighting in that sort of, uh, it's like a graveyardy thing, it's kind of got a little bit of a Stonehenge-y vibe to it as well. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the horseshoe mustache man has his father's sword and he, like, fights him. And, and I was expecting him to get the sword back, but yeah. then it's like, no, he fucking smashes it. He breaks the sword against his Atlantean sword, but then he does end up using it to kill Thulsa Doom finally. Uh huh. Which, like, yeah, like you're saying, I can't can't fault uh, the criticism of yep, it keeps on going and it's very long. <laughs> but yeah, rewatching it this time, I was like, th- that was the thing. I knew it was long, and I was expecting it to kind of drag and you know be a little bit boring or whatever. Mm. Uh, but then. This time watching it, I just, it's been so long and I yeah. just enjoyed it lots. I was just like, yeah, no, I'm just, I just loved it. Oh, that's great. I like the way that when uh, Thulsa Doom is, uh, decides to like retreat and escape uh, from the Stonehenge uh, Home Alone fight, mm-hmm. the the princess is still like under his spell mm. and she's like, don't leave me and all this stuff. And then he's going to shoot her with the snake. <laughs> arrow right. as well and Suvatai yeah. like catches it and hits it like with the shield gets it and then that moment feels like when like the spell's broken like suddenly like the princess is released and she's not like obsessed with him anymore I, it, it doesn't even seem like I didn't even read it as a spell I read it as her being like that motherfucker tried to kill me yeah <laughs> like- <laughs> sort of but you know I always I always just the way that she acts when they're like, uh, you know, tying her hands up and taking oh, her like away and stuff. And she's like shit, kissing yeah. and shit. So I'm like, she's she's under a spell for sure, isn't she? It's surely not just King Osric being butthurt that like his daughter <laughs> has a boyfriend that he doesn't approve of. No <laughs> <laughs> daughter of mine's gonna date a snake cultist. <laughs> <laughs> and then he comes back to the snake cult once again in the in the night. Thulsa Doom kind of tries to spin spin that story again of like I gave you purpose in life like I created you I'm the reason you are how you are you mm. should be thankful for me that you have this physique because I gave you the drive of revenge and he's like nah and he cuts his head off it depends how you read it I know that uh, I know James L. Jones and the director sort of talk about in some of the, the behind the scenes and things the, that that moment being sort of important for Conan's story because the rest of the movie he is after revenge, mm. revenge for his family, and then revenge for Valeria. Uh, yeah. Also motivated by like greed and money. You know, it's he's offered this reward. This is sort of the him burning down that 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 big building at the end, the Snake Cult. A mm. uh, huge set of steps and stuff. That's like the defining moment that when it stops becoming a revenge 
thing and starts becoming a a heroic deed that's actually helping others and not just for his own revenge. Mm. But again, that that can be you could be like, oh yeah, you can kind of see that, but or or is it that just like what the actors and the director feel, but they didn't actually put it in the movie that much. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really get that. Like, it felt like. <laughs> Felt like more revenge, to be honest. <laughs> I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna chop your head off. I'm gonna burn your shit. Like, yeah. But it does. It does. It felt significant to me. Like, where because uh, like Thulsa Doom is kind of right in that. Like, he has defined Conan's existence up to that point, and mm. after Conan, you know, takes his revenge, this final act of revenge, and burns his shit. What's he gonna do after that? Like, it mm. feels like there's a moment of Conan kind of recognizing, like. Okay, after this, like, what's my purpose? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we get the like the text crawl being like, "Ah, uh, yes." Conan did lots more stuff after this. Well, there's I. There's- <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Like the uh, the old like disgruntled king Conan on his throne. Yeah, yeah it does know. look cool. It's a very cool shot. It's a really cool shot, and I love like that's that's uh like the narrator is Marco the Wizard. Uh-huh. That whole time. I like the narration stuff. That's all good fun flavor text stuff at the beginning when they're sort of uh they're they're, they're kind of they open the movie with that narration talking about, you know, how he would become a king of his own making and stuff. Between the time when the oceans drank Atlantis and the rise of the sons of Arius, there was an age undreamed of. And on to this, Conan, destined to bear the jeweled crown of Aquilonia upon a troubled brow. It is I, his chronicler, who alone can tell thee of his saga. Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. And then the sorceress that he sleeps with and then throws in the fire also talks about, mentions the, the like, you know, becoming a king by his own hand. So they're kind of setting up this, you know, prophecy or whatever of what would eventually happen based on, like, I believe that that's like, you know, part of the books and stuff or whatever. Yeah, sure. And uh, the original uh, premise for this, they did make another, they they made one sequel, Conan mm-hmm. the Destroyer, which was right away, basically. They, they made yeah. it two years later. It was just before Terminator 1, but- uh, I, I I like Conan the Destroyer, but it's a, it's a very different kind of movie. It doesn't have that cool, like, musical opera, amazing feel to it. It feels yeah. a little bit more just like a generic. Like, it feels like what the kind of, like, fantasy, sword and sorcery, uh, like, rip-off Conan movies would be. Yeah, right. Except they just happen to also have Arnold Schwarzenegger in this, like, Conan rip-off right. a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but the director of the first movie said that he that they they sort of missed the boat that the plan was for it to be this almost James Bond-esque franchise where every couple of years he would return in a different movie on the all these different adventures that mm. would eventually, you know, become the the king of his own by his own hand. That didn't happen. There was also a plan to do sort of a trilogy where they were going to sort of work towards that that kingdom side of side of things as well where this is about, you know, this movie's about revenge and that that strength and stuff, and then the next movie was going to have to be about responsibility or something, and him learning because if he's going to become a king, when right. is he going to start stop being just the barbarian that swings the sword and kills the person <laughs> yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. oh something that we can see 
leadership wise or something that could be uh, mm. a king. And then the third one also had some sort of uh, duty uh, angle vibe essence, but none of that ever happened. So we're just left with this, this, this good operatic fantasy epic mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm really glad I rewatched it. Cause yeah, I was, I was not giving it as much credit as I think it's due or that yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to double down. Yeah, I think on, you were preemptively uh, kind of do- given a bit of mea culpa for liking <laughs> this movie when I don't think it's necessary. I think it's a it's a fine, fine film, mm. uh, whether or not it's your your genre or not. Like it's it's really not my uh, my bag, but even I could admit that it's fun and you know entertaining. Mm. Well, thank you very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you did. Uh, we always say if you'd like to support the podcast, spreading spreading the podcast word of mouth, recommending it to a friend is hugely helpful. Uh, if you would like to support the podcast, uh, like some sort of King Osric uh, pouring out a chalice of jewels, <laughs> we have a Patreon over at patreon.com forward slash roast into review, uh, where from starting at $3 a month, you can get access to all of the exclusive bonus content, which there is... Tens of hours, mm-hmm. multitudes of tens of hours of exclusive content. And then also like a bunch of images, which I like we haven't done the math on how long what like a time frame of content for an image is. Is it one second? Is it is it a minute? I don't know. Yeah, it depends how long you you <laughs> how long you stare. Stare at it. Links to all of our social medias are in the episode description, as always. You can reach out to us on any of those to answer our question of the episode. What is best in what life? What is best in life? <laughs> <laughs> or, or you can, you know, just tell us what you thought of the movie. If you, <laughs> if you felt it was too long, if you liked the, 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 the heavily musical score. Next week, Connor, what are you feeling nostalgic for? All right. Next week, I would like to hit up the 2007 found footage horror movie Spanish horror movie Wreck. Ooh. Are you familiar with Wreck? I am familiar with it. I thought that's where you were going to go when you said Spanish horror movie because it's the only thing I can think of. I haven't <laughs> seen Wreck. I have seen the American remake. Ah, okay, cool. So this is going to be fun. This will be was it called Wreck, the uh, American one? It was, no, I think it was, was called, it called something, something else. Something else. Quarantine. It was called Quarantine. That's right. How yeah, no. boring and pathetic a name exactly. compared to Wreck. Awesome. Well, if you want to get scared along at home and follow along like a book club, we always strongly recommend you checking out the flick before listening to the episode to get even more context. And join us next time when we find out if our hindsight is truly 2020 or if we've just been wearing rose-tinted glasses. Rose-tinted glasses.